MTV Cribs, actual <laughs> crib edition. Oh my god. Hey MTV, welcome to my crib. It's on a beach. Crib. Lol. What up? We got some blankets over here and a pool of blood over there. <laughs> this is Guy where the magic happens. <laughs> Lock in the corner with the lamp and the tarot. Hello and welcome to Our Lost Podcast, brought to you by the Aficionados Podcast Network. My name is Robin Jeffrey. I'm a 22-year-old actor and filmmaker from Alberta, Canada. I like brooding anti-heroes and feminist agendas, and I have way too much knowledge regarding details that no one else remembers. I run at The 100 Script on Twitter, and you can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey pretty much everywhere. The television family that my family is most like is the Villanuevas from Jane the Virgin, except I'm Rogelio. <laughs> And my name is Brittany Ray, and I'm a 27-year-old writer in Vancouver, BC. I'm on Twitter at, at Britannia, where I can be found attempting journalism and talking about my cat. The television family that my family is most like is actually kind of a mix. So it's like the high-maintenance nonsense of the Kardashians, and then literally everything about the Belchers. From, from Bob's, Bob's Burgers. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm excited to introduce our guest for this episode, my little sister Callie, who's sitting right beside me. Oh, heck yes. Yay! Hi. Yay! Two Jeffries for the price of one. Go ahead and, and talk about you. Hi, my name is Callie. I'm 19. I go to school for photography in Edmonton, Alberta, and I'm Robin's sister. Also, I'm a Hufflepuff. Lost is Robin's favorite show, and I think it's awesome that she shared it with me. I also think multiple timelines are really interesting. My favorite characters are Desmond and Lapidus, who we have not met yet. I've only watched Lost uh, once through and through, um, but I've seen some episodes here and there. Um, and you can follow me at Callie and Jeffrey almost everywhere, though I don't post much. And that's C-A-L-L-I-E-N Jeffrey, J-E-F-F-R-E-Y. And we have the same family, so which character in Jane the Virgin are you in the Vienna way with? Oh, I feel like... <laughs> I feel like I might be Ziomara. Ziomara? You're not Ziomara. Z- well, well... Yeah, yeah. She's probably Jane, honestly. Jane? Right? I guess I'm Jane. I was thinking Jane, but... This isn't relevant. (laughs) (laughs) But it's fun. Okay, say the the thing. Wait, no, I want to ask Callie a question first. Oh, okay. Hi. Callie. Yeah. How did Robin initially sucker you into watching Lost? I honestly don't remember, but I kind of... I feel like she just kind of said, I watched the show. It's amazing. You have to watch it. And I just kind of... I remember. You remember? Yeah, I do. Was I was, it? like, in the middle of my second rewatch of watching, like, season two or something, and you just came out and sat down and w- started watching it. Oh, my God. So it was th- literally that easy. Yeah. And then every time I would watch an, uh, an episode again, I would say, hey, I'm watching it if you want to watch with me. And then, like, you would. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> I have always, like, I'm always curious how people get, like, their friends and family to watch stuff, because I'm that person who will be like, no sit down, you have to watch this, yep. and you're not moving until you watch it, which is, like, how I got my sister to watch literally every single show that we love. Yeah. <laughs> it started with The X-Files, and it's just snowballed from there. Today we have words to say about episode 110 of Lost, Raised by Another. Yay! Okay, so Raised by Another. Analyzing the title, the baby must be raised by Claire, which is kind of what we realized, but it's also a, um, a play on words, I guess, uh, mm-hmm. because it's Raised by, raised an, by other? an other. Yeah. Because <gasps> uh, we learned about the others last episode, how the others are the, the, the people who are also on the island with them, of which Ethan is one that we have now 
we've now learned. Jerk face Ethan. <laughs> um, the broadcast date was December 1st, 2004. It was written by Lynn E. Litt, and it was directed by Marita Grabiak. <laughs> Gra- Gra- Grabiak? Yeah, sure. And she Did never, you- <laughs> she like had problems with Jack Bender, and so she never worked on Lost again after this episode. Fun fact. Oh my god. Yeah. Wait, so is this like a female? Yeah, you're welcome for that message, by the way. Yeah, um, I thought you were talking to Marita Grabiak because she also no. did a battle, a uh, Battlestar episode, apparently. What episode did she do? I don't know. Let's find out. Uh, you were sitting in the Google Doc while I was pasting stuff in, and I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna bother her." And um, <laughs> then you weren't there, so it's fine. What did she direct in Battlestar? Water. Oh wow. She directed a really good episode. Oh, good. Ooh, apparently she did a couple Gilmore Girls, too. Buffy? Let's uh, get back on topic, shall we? All right. Uh, so Brittany's going to do our recap this episode, and she's going to try and do it in one minute, and we'll see how that goes. Do you want me to time you? Yes, but I know I'm going to fail. Like, look how many words this is. <laughs> <laughs> That's literally okay. I, like, cut out our... What, Kelly? You went to the calculator. I went to the calculator the when I went to go to the clock, okay? It's not fair that you're here. <laughs> Oh my god, I'm so happy that she's here, because now I get to know all the little dumb Robin things. <laughs> okay, are you ready? Uh, uh-huh. Okay, count it down, and I'll start when you start. Okay. Three, two, one. We start off the episode with Claire having a totally normal and nice dream about good things. Just kidding, she's having a horrible and metaphorical nightmare, and her screams wake up everyone. Jack tells her she's just stressed, but Claire isn't so sure. In the past, Claire finds out she's pregnant. Her boyfriend Thomas reassures her that the baby is going to be the best thing ever, but it's suspicious. In the present day, Jack and Kate flirt while also talking about how super missing Saeed is. They have great timing. Charlie and Claire bond. It's adorable. Back in the past, Claire visits a medium who freaks out on her like a weirdo and won't finish her reading. Classy guy. Claire has another nightmare. That's happening a lot. Hurley starts a census of the survivors. No one is overly helpful. Past Claire's boyfriend Thomas totally abandons her like a huge jerk. Hurley questions some Canadian guy named Ethan who is not at all shady. Charlie accidentally reveals to Claire that he's a former drug addict. Oops! Past Claire ignores the insistent advice of the weird medium and puts her baby up for adoption, but in the end, she can't do it. Saeed returns to the beach and tells everyone that they're not alone, which the polar bear was probably a good indication of. Ethan freaks out Claire. So first we're going to start with the stuff that happens with Hurley and the census and a little bit of Saeed, I guess. We start with Jack and Kate, and Kate is sinking, and 100% I did do that in Hawaii. But stuck your feet in the sand and waited for it to sink? Not even kidding. Someone came up to me in our family. I don't remember who it was. We were just like, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm sinking. Thank you for asking. <laughs> and I'm sure that wasn't at all weird. They were like, all right, nice talking to you. <laughs> Good job, weirdo. I'm going to go somewhere else now. Um, Kate says that she used to do that with her mom. And Jack's like, wow, so here's the new plan, huh? Just think right off the island. And then he brings up Saeed and Kate's like, um, you have ruined the mood this day. Jack has no game. <laughs> no game. <laughs> no one on this island has any game. So what we've learned now is that Saeed has been gone for almost a week. So last episode, it was like he was gone for two days, right? He's been in the jungle walking there for five days. Mm-hmm. Yikes. But, you know, no one's worried. <laughs> no, especially not Jack. He's like, Jack's fi- me, something tells me he'll be okay. And it's like, when, since when are you the man of faith? Yeah, right? He's, he's definitely both in this episode. But at the same time, I feel like he's just like, you know what? That's not my problem. I have so many other problems. I cannot have the Saeed problem. <laughs> yeah. He's like, Claire's going to have the baby soon. It's like, oh, great. Thanks for the foreshadowing. We couldn't tell by how super pregnant she was. <laughs> yeah. Once they're all out 
with their torches looking for whoever apparently attacked Claire. They've all checked the perimeter and such. And then that's when Hurley's like bringing up Scott and Steve again. Our guys, Scott and Steve. <laughs> Scott and Steve. He's like, who are Scott and Steve? I'm like, how dare you? They are important people. Um, S and S are the most important characters on this show. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Okay, I have a fun fact about Scott and Steve. Okay. Apparently, Scott and Steve spent so much time together. There was, like, I think a deleted scene or something where they were, like, gay lovers. I knew it. I was just about to say, they were gay, right? I was like, why didn't they keep that? They would have given us two more queer characters to add to our one queer character. They could have thrown us, like, the smallest bone. I would have loved that. Where are the gays lost? Bring us the gays. I like there are days when I don't see a straight person for ages, but all of a sudden you crash on an island fo- like and all of those people are straight. No. <laughs> Since I've been on Twitter with you guys, like now I'll watch TV shows and if like a girl like puts a hand on the shoulder of another girl, I'm always like kiss. That, what, that's gay. <laughs> Just do it. So Hurley wants to do a census to make sure that he knows everybody. Mm-hmm. Um he wants to know who lives where. And he's like I mean, we didn't even know each other. My name isn't Hurley. It's Hugo Reyes. And he's like, I'm not going to tell you why people call me that. And actually, we don't actually know. Wait, like ever? Uh, no, we just kind of can assume that he was at a party and threw up a bunch. <laughs> oh, I thought it was maybe because, like, he wore the brand Hurley a lot. <laughs> I need to know now. I need to know if we know. Let's My thing go. is, with all of Hurley's, like, actually super good ideas, he would make an amazing politician. He would, wouldn't he? Like President Hurley. President Hurley? President Hugo. That's cute. Did you guys notice that Jack was talking about Saeed like a father? Hmm? No, what? Like to Kate, he was like, Saeed would have been proud. <laughs> <laughs> oh, as if her father died? As yeah. In, yeah. Okay, it says, Hurley thinks very lowly of himself, which is perhaps the origin of his nickname, and is very shy with girls. Okay, so why why does Hurley Where's mean that, that you're crappy? That's not a that makes that's sense. not good logic. Pretty much what Hurley wants to know is what people look like, who they're related to here and etc. He's like people are always getting attacked here and uh, that's not not really cool. I don't like it. Not good, Bob. Not good. I mean, it's a really a census is an absolutely brilliant idea. Yeah, oh, it's great. Like I, again, like you got to give Hurley props because a lot of the time, people don't see Hurley's value, but Hurley actually has probably one of the biggest assets of the whole camp, which is that he's super organized. He has been so, so, so helpful and wonderful these past two episodes. Mm-hmm. I love him. Like, ev- everyone on this island is trying to prove their worth, but I feel like Hurley does it in a slightly... Like, he puts a lot of work into it, but he makes it look effortless. Like, he's not trying to to prove yeah. his worth. He's just showing that he's... He's no Boone. You know, he's not, he's not Boone. <laughs> exactly. Boone's waiting for his mom to come pick him up still. <laughs> Boone's like on his knees, like shaking his hands. Validate me. Help me, please. <laughs> uh, so the first person that Hurley is going to interview, that we see at least, uh, is uh, Locke. And Locke's like, well, who's watching you? And he's like, I am... And Locke's like, I'm in okay. charge of myself. <laughs> what is Locke doing? Locke stuff. He's like, I don't know. It's like boar skin, I assume. Ew. But he's like, I don't know. I thought maybe he was like stripping it for something. But then he's also like pouring sand on it with a children's shoe. 
Where was this child? I'm sad. Callie, what are your thoughts? <laughs> she, she made a terrified face. You know, it doesn't really like. Uh, it doesn't really transfer to audio, but it's good. <laughs> well, I was gonna say something like that. There was a shoe, but I didn't realize that it was a ch- a child's shoe. I think it was. That's it super was like creepy. bright blue, and white, and white. That's super creepy. I'm sure someone knows what Locke was doing, but in my head, he was just doing creepy stuff like that because he knew Hurley was coming and he wanted to make himself look, like, really intimidating. My favorite part of this scene is when, like, he just looks off into the middle distance, like a like a stock character, you know? Yeah. Well, I, I thought that he was looking at the forest when he said, it found me. So Maybe. Specifically but he just looked like a weirdo. Island. Or he looked like he, a weirdo. He was just, like, talking to the island, actually. That's what he was doing. Yeah. Yeah, he and the island have a special relationship. Yeah. You guys wouldn't understand. So we learn that Locke is from Tustin, California, and he's like, "Cool, cool." <laughs> I love Kate. Jorge does such a good job in this episode. First of all, mm-hmm. second of all, I just the reason why I think it's so 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 good is because it's so realistic. Like not even the way that he it's the way he's speaking. I think is I find really realistic is when he like he's like mumbling. You know what I mean when he's writing things down, like what people do. Oh, yeah. And he just goes, oh, okay, right on. Uh, why, like, you know, he's just, I don't even know if that was, I feel like it wasn't even in the script. It's just what he's, like, saying because he thinks that that's what people would do, and it is. It's just He plays, like, awkward, like, cheerfulness very well. So well. Mm-hmm. And he's so good in, with that scene with Ethan, too, which we'll get to pretty quickly here. It's like... Oh, he's so yeah, good. Deep discomfort. Oh, man. He's so good. But he's like, I was looking for something. It's like, cool. Right on. Did you find it? You already know my name. I lived most of my life in Tustin, California. Cool. And uh, reason for travel? The reason you were in Australia? I was looking for something. Looking? Uh-huh. Right on. So did you find it? No, it found me. Sweet. I'm gonna leave now. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna go before this gets any weirder. Hey, um, I know I already talked to you, but I'm just trying to get away from this dude. <laughs> Please save me. <laughs> Pretend we're having a great time having a conversation. Ha <laughs> ha Let's go. We have such fun here, don't we, nameless person? It was, it, he, it was Scott and Steve, actually. He, uh, that's who he ran into. Well, it was a lady, so. Excuse me. Just go with my logic. Sorry, your head cannon. My bad. It, it got shot out of the water real fast. Um, now Hurley's going to talk to Ethan. Uh, thinks his name is Lance. And like, mm-hmm. <laughs> Jorge's so good. He's like, my name's Ethan. He's like, oh, yeah. Yep. Totally know who you are. Totally. Sure. Yeah. Um, so he's like, sorry, I got confused with a tiny ginger man. Hey, Lance. Sorry. Lance. Your name's Lance, right? Ethan. Dude, that's right. Lance, little skinny guy with glasses and the red hair. I can see how you'd confuse us. Do you want to hear a fun fact about Ethan? Yeah. So, Ethan's name is Ethan Rom. E T H A N R O M. And that's an an anagram is when you scramble up all the words, right? Or the, all the letters and then you make other words, right? Yes, ma'am. Uh, Ethan Rom is an anagram of other man. No. Yeah. 
<laughs> That's brilliant. Callie's making an impressed face, but she needs to learn <laughs> to say her thoughts out loud instead of showing I think this them. is my favorite guest we've had because I like that you have to describe all her facial expressions. I can do that. Nice. Nice. <laughs> um, also, I have a fun fact about Ethan. Okay. He's not Canadian. No, he's not. The reason Ugh. why he's doing that is because he's trying to get them to trust him. So uh, we're doing this list, you know, survivors, names, home addresses, stuff like that. Okay, well, you already have my name. Uh, not Lance. Definitely not. Uh, last name? Rom. Rom, R-O-M? That's right. Great. Where are you from, Ethan Rom? Ontario. Right on. Love Canada. Yeah, he's trying to seem trustworthy, which is what American tourists do in other countries all the time. Mm -hmm. And if you're listening and you're American, don't do that. Because it drives me nuts. I think it, I think that Ethan, at times, is like a really good actor. You know, he's like pretending to be part of their group and everything. And other times, not so much. Like, sometimes when you know what the truth is, you can watch it and be like, I see right through you. Yeah. Like, there's this moment where he goes, cool, where are you from, Ethan Rom?" And Ethan goes, Ontario. Like, like, yes, I've been thinking about this, and now finally you're asking me the questions that I've been thinking about the answers to. Yes, I'm from Ontario. But, like, I just want to say, if someone asked a true Canadian where they're from, they just answer Canada, because you yeah. never expect anyone to know specific provinces. True. <laughs> Everyone's like, oh, where are you from? Canada. Where in Canada? Al- Alberta. Oh, where's that? Yeah. Well, <laughs> why did you ask? Right next to BC. Oh, yes, exactly. is that where Vancouver is? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And how close are you to Vancouver? I mean, like, like a 14-hour drive, I guess? I don't know. Why do you want to know this? Cool. How close is that to Toronto? <laughs> it's always Toronto. <laughs> like, it's on the other side of the country. That's like asking how close LA and New York are. Yeah. Canada's that big? <laughs> Which is an actual conversation I've definitely yeah. had. I have a question, though. Uh-huh. Ooh, what is it? Why didn't Hurley ask as many questions as he did with Ethan? Like, he only asked him his name and where he was from. He didn't ask his age or what he was doing in Australia. Okay, um, here's my thought that's on that, question. then. Um, mm-hmm. I, I feel like that's not really something that the writers thought about. Um, yeah. <laughs> but if I could think of an explanation that I like to just, you know... Uh, f- bring out of thin air just to make it make sense for you. I, I I would guess that he just kept asking people lots and lots of questions and found that people kept being like, stop asking me, that he would probably just stripped it down to the smallest amount of questions. Because then later, Shannon says her name, her age, and her address. Uh, but he never asked anybody about their age. So I don't, I'm not sure. I thought it was maybe because Ethan made him uncomfortable. Oh, that's that a good, too. that's a good answer, too. <laughs> yeah. So like, okay, bye, then. You're like, oh, that's interesting. I'm gonna go. Yeah, and, like, another way that Ethan's not, like, the best actor is when he goes, um, what's this for? And Hurley's like, oh, I just thought it'd be a good idea. And he's like, okay. But also, later, Charlie comes up and goes, Ethan, you have to tell Jack that Claire. And he goes, Claire? What's wrong? Yeah. That- <laughs> he's like a dog who sees a squirrel. Claire? Tell me more. Wow. Did you just do Doug from uh, Up with that one? I tried. <laughs> it worked really well. I'm good. <laughs> um, uh, Squirrel. But what they're trying to do is make Ethan likable, especially with saying that he's from Canada. And, like, last episode he was so helpful, hanging out with Locke and everything, right? Well, he's, it's not working. I have a special place in my heart for Ethan just because I'm like, 
What a great twist you you ended up being, buddy. Good job. Well, fine. I mean, if you want to like Ethan, that's that's a choice. Um, speaking Choices. of Shannon, though, uh, she says my favorite one, like one of my favorite lines in the entire series, which I mm-hmm. say all the time, <laughs> but I just have a lot of favorites. Name: Shannon Rutherford. Age: Twenty. Address: Crap Hole Island. We have Boone. Now, Boone has oh, Boone. a shirt that has a Chinese symbol on it. Let me find it. The Chinese character on it. And... And I bet he totally knows what it means. <laughs> totally, I'm sure. Uh, it literally just... Do you want to guess? Do you want to guess, Brittany? What it means? Yeah, what does, what does the Chinese figure say? <sighs> Validate me. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine Damon's like... <laughs> He picks up. Uh, uh, what does it mean? It just means the number 84. Well, how was I supposed to guess that? I don't know. I just thought it would be a fun game. I'm going to be Callie for a second because I am looking at you with disdain right now. <laughs> okay, great. Um, and I have more things to talk about that in the spoiler section. Oh, okay. Cool, 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 cool. Cool, 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 cool. Cool, 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 cool. Okay, so basically no one wants to tell Hurley anything. Which I don't get. I would talk to Hurley. We learned that Boone is a liberal, which like same. Yeah. And then he brings up the incident in the caves. Seriously, why the list? Oh, it's nothing. We just had a little incident in the valley last night. An incident? Yeah, Claire, the pregnant girl, you know her? She, uh, kind of got attacked. What? She okay? Yeah, she's a little shook up, I am so not moving to the rape caves. Shannon's like, huh? And Boone's like, is she okay? And I'm like, oh, he's trying. He's, he's trying. He's trying, but um, he's feeling. <laughs> and then Shannon goes, I am so not moving to the rape caves. Okay, Fox. tag yourself I'm Shannon. Literally, if someone said that, I'd be like, hard pass. Yeah. Like, it looks like they're planning on... Like, this makes sense because of what we were talking about last uh, episode with Michael and how he was originally Team Beach. Yeah. And now suddenly he's in the caves. We can see Shannon and Boone. I suppose they're packing up to move to the caves. And we haven't seen their, like, decision to do that. But then, you know, she puts down her bag and says, I'm not moving there. I mean, I would totally have that instinct as well. Especially after, like, they had the cave-in at the caves. They've had all that drama. Now they have, like, the Claire thing. Uh Uh-uh, I'm staying on the beach. Yeah, no thanks. No. I'll, I'll deal with the sand, please. You know I hate beaches, and I would still stay on the beach. How does one hate a beach? Um, sand. Sand is great! You can make sand castles out of it. Sand is my least favorite thing probably in the entire world. So now he's like, you should go find the manifest, that would be easier. Sawyer's the one who has it. Um, and great. then we see Sawyer <laughs> with his, like, kids, his little girl sunnies. <laughs> just on it's like what else can you do bud i, I get it so much because like you know that there were grown-up sunnies somewhere he made that choice Brittany, can you walk me through sawyer's mindset finding those and deciding to put them on okay you know what you know what his mindset was though like, i want to know it's so obvious it yep. is he finds a pair of kids sunglasses and he goes kate is gonna think this is adorable <laughs> And he puts them on, and you know he's just sitting there waiting for her to walk up. So he can be like, hey, Freckles, and then look up with those stupid sunglasses on. Yeah, he'll, like, look up, and he'll, like, put his eyes way at the top of his head like a puppy dog. Yep. Yeah. yeah, And, like, lower them, like, on his nose so that he looks like a 90s, like, pool girl being like, hey, girl. (laughs) 
that's so true. Like this is this is this is my head cannon, but I also feel it's cannon. No, hundred percent, hundred percent. That's what happened. Now you could do what you normally do when someone asks for something. Tell me to screw off. Screw off. Or you could just give it to me. Cause, dude, you could use the points. And uh, I could. <laughs> I'm. I'm the town gossip, and I could tell everyone that you did a nice thing for me. <laughs> Remember when think... I said Hurley would make a good politician? Yeah, <laughs> that's true, that's true. Um, I have, like, half, I'm half and half on this one, just because I'm wondering if, like, how much of this was Hurley being, like, how much of this was Sawyer deciding, yeah, yeah, you're right, I probably should. Like, the only other person who he's ever given something to is Kate. Mm-hmm. And how much of this was the writers being like, uh, we don't really have time for him to have to fight with him for it, so... No, I honestly think it was a deliberate choice to make Sawyer more of a likable character. Good, yeah. Yeah, yeah. because if you have... The, the thing with, like, this storytelling choice is if you have one of the most unlikable characters being cruel to the most likable character, it's going to get to a point where he's irredeemable. You're right. Because you have to be on Hurley's team, and you want to be on Sawyer's team, but you're not right now. So, mm-hmm. like, this really helps tie in last season, or last episode, which is... Sawyer's trying to be more helpful to the overall group. Right. Because he wants friends. Give him the friends. Lord, someone just be Sawyer's friend. I'll do it. But, like, I feel like if Sawyer was like, hey, do you want to be friends? Hurley would be like, all right, dude. Yeah, I feel like this is the beginning of showing, like, this is the, this is the blooming of their friendship. Exactly. Like, they, they have their, they have their, their problems all the time, but ultimately they do kind of like each other. Yeah. Cute. And Sawyer always has Hurley's back. Mm-hmm. That's true, aw. <laughs> Even if he makes way too many fat jokes. Like, we get it. I love it. my children. <laughs> um, the next thing that we see is Saeed rushing through the jungle. Then Saeed shows up with Jack and Kate and Locke. Then he's saying that he found, he found the French woman that they're not alone. And we're like, thank you. We did know that. Wonderful. But he had to have that dramatic moment, okay? Yes. And then we have this iconic moment where Hurley comes up and like this is the part that's in all the previously. That's why they're always iconic. Mm-hmm. Is because it comes up in all the previously. He goes, he wasn't on the plane. We got a problem. The manifest. Jack. The census. The names of everyone who survived. All 46 of us. I interviewed everyone here at the beach. Got their names. One of them, one of them isn't. Jack. One of them isn't in the manifest. He wasn't on the plane. He's like, I've checked everything. There's this dude who's infiltrated us. He's an other. I also like how Hurley kind of like takes control because Jack's trying to help Saeed and then he's just like, Jack. You know what this reminds me of? Yeah. What? It, it reminds me of the end of uh, Deathly Hallows Part 2 when Harry's like, oh, I have to find the diadem. And Luna's like, hey, I, I, I know where you should look. And Harry's like, uh, Luna, yes. I'm busy. And she's like, listen to me right now. Go talk to a ghost. <laughs> that right awkward now. moment when the advice is super weird, but also super helpful. Yeah. Go talk to a ghost. I'm still super mad at Jack for not really caring that Saeed was missing. Yeah, that was weird. I feel like that was pretty out of character for a dude who's made himself responsible for everyone else. That's like, I true. like that he trusts Saeed to do his own thing, but come on, man. I <laughs> How much of that is, like, Jack, th- like, also thinking the same way of Sawyer, which is, like, Kate likes 
Kate and Saeed are potentially a thing. And he's like, um, Saeed's fine. Stop thinking about Saeed. <sighs> Think about me. I hate that that's true. <laughs> yeah. Men are so predictable. Are you good, Cal? Yeah, all I have is Hurley is the cutest and Hurley and Sawyer are pals. Yeah. Hurley yeah. is the cutest. Hurley is the cutest. He's the best. What's their ship name? Soily. <laughs> so, no. How about we pretend you never said that because it's Hurler. the worst. Shirley. Shirley! Shirley! <laughs> I kind of love it. Duh. <laughs> That's oh so gosh. much better than Soily. <laughs> which you are never going to live down now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So we're going to move on to Claire talking about her nightmare. Um, we start with Claire's eye, which I told you was going to be a thing. Your favorite thing. Uh-huh. We've got the baby crying and she's not pregnant anymore. Uh, then while she's walking through the jungle, we see Locke, who has tarot cards and crystals. And then we hear this sword sound. And I feel like that was probably just like a, hey, this is creepy. There's some weird stuff happening. But I'm mm-hmm. like, is there anything that we can find out from this sword sound? I don't know. I didn't notice. I, ha- sword I have a thought about that, but it's for the spoiler section. Okay, okay. Here, I- I'll put that down in the, in the spoilers. But also, like... I just want to say, mm-hmm. it's a good indication that it's a dream because Claire isn't pregnant, but I yeah. 100% would believe that Locke would be sitting in the jungle looking at tarot cards. Like, yeah. that could be an everyday occurrence for him. Hundo, absolutely. Yeah. Once Locke looks up, we see that he has one black eye and one right eye. So, not only is this the black and white theme, but it's also the eye theme. Mm-hmm. And also, so like... I did not catch that, like, the first three times I watched the show. Really? Yeah, I didn't notice it. Wow. I usually notice, like, the black eye, and then I'm just like, are both his eyes black? And then they're not. (laughs) Claire comes to the crib, and there's this mobile that are the oceanic planes. And, like, God, I want that. There's also some, like, crashing sounds or, like, creaking. I want that mobile so bad. Claire goes looking through the blankets, and there's blood in it, and it's very scary. Just like Maggie is really, 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 really good at crying, um, Mm -hmm. Emily just slays the screams. The scream haunts me. Yeah, it. she did such a good job. Yeah. So the people who are around, Charlie, Michael, Sun Jin, Hurley, Charlie's trying to help her, being like, you're dreaming, you're dreaming, please hang out. <laughs> just just chill, please. Take several chill pills. And uh, she's she's gotten her nails into her hand. Her hands are all bloody. Yikes. Like, the, the thing that is genuinely distressing, and maybe it's a little bit about the next scene, is that people really invalidate Claire for this. Mm-hmm. Like, it's really upsetting to see someone dismiss a pregnant woman's concerns so easily just because she's a pregnant woman, when I truly believe that pregnant women probably have the best instincts of anyone on the planet. Yeah, it's like their mother instincts are, like, just coming in. Exactly. Brand like, new. Fresh. They're the most heightened things in the entire world. Like, who would you trust in an emergency situation? You look for the mom. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's this shows, I don't know if it's a, I think it's a purposeful commentary on internalized misogyny, mm-hmm. but it's also really hard to watch because at the whole time you just want to scream at the TV, someone grabs someone who is going to actually listen to her. And then by the end of the episode, it's like, wow, she was right. Now, how yeah. do you feel that now she's missing? It's men having to learn to listen to a woman's instincts, which is stunningly sort of 
shocking that they have to learn this because they don't believe it right off the bat in the first place. Points to Charlie. Points yep. to Charlie, yeah. Yep. It's like, who, who does Harry go up to in his very first day? He's going, he's at King's Cross and he's thinking, uh-oh, don't know how to get onto platform nine and three quarters. Oh, look, a mom. Find a mom. Here Never. I go. Find the mom. Never underestimate the power of moms. The next scene is Jack and Claire. You know what I noticed is that we've been talking about Jack's bedside manner a lot. Mm-hmm. And it seems to me that like all his good bedside manner is women, is for women. And his bad bedside manner is for dudes. That's weird. I mean, that's, like, toxic masculinity, though, right? Yeah, 100%. Like, like Shannon and, like, Claire, he's very good with them. And as soon as he has to help Sawyer, he's like, do your own bandages. Yep. He, and he's only good with them because he treats them softly slash borderline a little bit condescendingly. Like, True. just sort of, in my opinion, where it's like, here you go, hysterical... I mean, I, I will give him credit for the way he spoke to Shannon. He spoke to Shannon the way he was supposed to. You know what I just realized? Attack. What? Is that both times, and I don't remember if he's done this for any other women, because right now Shannon and uh, Claire are clearest in my mind right now, mm-hmm. but both times he was like, it's just in your head. Yep. Just calm down. Yeah. Ugh. Jack is very much like, and I think this is Jack as a character too, is he believes a lot of ailments are not so much physical as like up in your head. Mm -hmm. Um, Because he was, who was the hypochondriac from the last episode? Sullivan. Yeah, Sullivan. So like hypochondriacs, there's, when when you are a hypochondriac, there's always actually like another underlying issue. Yeah. Um, Which obviously Jack isn't qualified to deal with because he's like a medical doctor and not like a psychiatrist. But Jack really treats women very condescendingly, what, you know, whether he knows it or not. Mm-hmm. And with the men, it's sort of like, you know, buck up, be a man, which kind of goes to how poisonous, like, his father was. Yeah, true. Because that's exactly what he learned from his father. Mm-hmm. When Jack was talking about Claire's OBGYN mm-hmm. and how she was saying that it was fine to go on the plane, like, you could just tell that Jack wasn't having any of her... Yeah, well, I mean, bullshit. we know it's, we knew it was a lie now. After the after the uh, the flashback, yeah, we know that she was told get on this plane tomorrow, and she was like okay, and then she did. Yeah, Jack didn't believe it. Jack was just you like, don't think oh. so? No, like I, I don't know. I thought that he kind of looked at her like, like are you sure? Like he's a doctor. Like he would know. Oh yeah, he's safe. probably like any yeah. any good OBGYN would not let you do that. Yeah, exactly. Okay. There's this story that Jack kind of talks where he. He says that he used to talk in his sleep, and he had this girlfriend who didn't like it, and so with this show, you think, ooh, can't wait to see that episode, but th- that never comes to fruition. Like, that's just a story. It's like a, a pally story that Jack just told, and he doesn't usually tell those, so it's weird. So you were listening to a story where Jack was talking about how he used to talk in his sleep, and you thought that would make a great episode? Well, with this <laughs> with this show, every time someone tells something from their past, you're like, "Oh, that's going to be that's going to come up later." So, listen, could you, maybe you know, then- you know Damon Lindelof, he would make that episode interesting. <laughs> okay, firstly, facts, that is a fact. Yeah. Second of all, do you think then that's maybe a good indication that Jack was making that up just to comfort her? Ooh. Oh. You're a smart cookie. I Thanks, think you're right. It's almost I think like you're right. I do this for a living. Now we have Charlie bringing Claire tea, and he's like, how, how do we stay uh, not American if we can't have tea? Dear diary, still on the bloody island. 
Today I swallowed a bug. Love Claire. I say this every single episode, but it's one of my favorite moments in the whole series. Dear Dad. It's almost like the whole series is your favorite series. Hey, that, that it's just full of my favorite moments. Yeah. I literally remember that quote all the time. Like, I think about it all the time, genuinely. No, but I have the same thing with the quote from the X-Files, which is just like this one, mm-hmm. which is uh, Scully saying something and Mulder going, Dear Diary, today my heart skipped when Agent Scully suggested spontaneous human combustion. <laughs> I don't know why, but, like, those things, like, stick in your brain. Do you think Claire doesn't trust guys because the psychic told her that the baby can only be raised by her? Or do you think it's because of Thomas that she can't trust another guy with her baby? I don't know if that's why she's turning him down. No? I think the reason why she's turning him down is because she thinks it's because he's trying to get with her. But, like, she also does that with, like, Jack and other dudes. Yeah, but Jack yeah, isn't trying is to good, get with that her. That is a good point. That, that she's just not... Because he's telling her what to do? Well, I think think about, like, the female relationships that we've seen uh, Claire have versus the ones that she has with men. Yeah. Like, guess, yeah. she has one positive relationship with a man, which is Charlie. Mm-hmm. And then her one friend, what was it, Rachel? Mm-hmm. That's it. Those are all the women she knows. And, like, you can tell that, like, she wants to bond with other people. Like, who did she ask about the, uh, their Zodiac sign? Kate. Kate. So, like... She's a very open person, but I think men have spent a lot of Claire's life telling her what to do. She also has Sasha, who uh, she brought up in the flashback that Sasha wanted to know if she and Thomas wanted to go out that night. Mm-hmm. It's just like, I feel like Claire is often very much surrounded by men, and that's a super good point, Callie. Thank you. I'm currently looking up Charlie's weird dream. Mm-hmm. There's like, if you're waiting for a bus, but I, if you miss the bus... But what if you're driving? Didn't he say he was driving the bus? In a bus mm-hmm. accident, paying bus fare. Also, I'm really confused of how all of these people aren't severely sunburned. Right? Yeah. Do they just have, like, massive amounts of sunscreen? Because, like, so many of them are white. Like, you know they're going to get <laughs> roasted. Dreaming that you are driving a bus means that you're a group leader and a trendsetter. If you are driving a stolen bus, then it means that you're taking drastic measures to get control of your destiny. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. Gee, that doesn't sound like Charlie at all. Yeah. Okay, now I'm going to look up what happens if if it's like your teeth are falling out. Oh, wait. I was just going to ask if you could look that up because that's mm-hmm. the dream I always have. I think that's um a loss of control. Yeah. To dream that your teeth have fallen out and you try to refit them back into your mouth, which I'm not sure he said was a thing, signifies a lack of self-confidence and embarrassment. You're wow. afraid that others will know your shortcomings. That's my recur- recurring nightmare. Then he says that his mother was in the dream. Mother. Are you Googling what mother, happens when you dream about moms? <laughs> to see your mother in your dream represents the nurturing aspect of your own character. So, wow. He's being really nurturing to Claire in this episode. Mm-hmm. Now he says his mother's eating a biscuit. That probably just indicates he's hungry. Yeah. I mean, they're trapped on an island with, like, no food. Yeah, all there is is cookies. Letting trivial matters and minor problems annoy you. How about, okay, now everything smells of bacon. So let's look that up. Bacon. To see bacon, to see bacon that's gone rancid. Ew! To see bacon in your dream symbolizes essential staples and life supply. It may also be a play on the common phrase, bringing home the bacon. <laughs> Guys, someone found like so bacon. much meaning in these weird dreams. Let's see, what what should I look up from Claire's dream? Um, should I look, I'm going to look up tarot. To dream of a tarot reading indicates your current situation and state of mind. You are open to exploring your subconscious thoughts and feelings. 
Pay attention to what the tarot cards... Oh, no, we don't know what the tarot cards reveal. Okay, what else? People make their living doing this. I know, it's amazing. <laughs> I kind of respect that hustle. Yeah. To see blood in your dream represents life, love, and passion, as well as disappointments. That's dark. View dream bank menstruation. <laughs> Stop! Bloody hands. To see blood on your hands signifies you're experiencing some sort of guilt. Oh, well, that would be pretty high on Claire's list. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else I should look up? Crib. Crib. Look up why you're such a nerd. Shut up. You're welcome. To see a crib in your dream suggests that you're harvesting or babying a new idea, creation, or project. Alternatively, it may refer to your nurturing, protective, and caring nature. A more literal interpretation of this symbol suggests that you may be yearning for a baby or that you're expecting a baby. The dream may also be a pun on your home. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my MTV Cribs, actual <laughs> crib edition. Oh my god. Hey MTV, welcome to my crib. It's on a beach. Welcome to my crib, lol. What up, we got some blankets over here and a pool of blood over there. <laughs> this is where the magic happens. Lock in the corner with the lamp and the tarot. Ugh, good, good. My fridge is not fully stocked with anything because there's no food on this island. Boring bananas. Yeah, Jin's got some fish, maybe. Charlie is saying that he thinks of, of Claire and that he'll be her friend. I want them to be more than friends! He, he, like, if she needs if she needs anything, like, he's okay to, like, talk to her about about this. And it's like, this is, this is really nice, though. Yep. This is, like, he knows that she's having issues and everything. And, like, they've already had, a, like, a connection. You know what my favorite part of the scene, though, is? What? Other than the quote at the beginning, which is adorable. Mm-hmm. It's when she... He takes no for an answer. Yeah. And he's like, okay, I get it. And he just goes. He just wants to be around her and support her. He doesn't want anything from her. <sighs> she didn't even say no. He kind of just took her kind of like uncomfortable silence as like a, okay, well, yep. I'm going to go now. Are you having emotions about Charlie? <laughs> <laughs> he's one of my faves. He's just such a good and pure one. Yeah. Like, there's, there's the, the nice guys with a capital N and a capital G who are the yeah. not nice guys. But mm-hmm. Charlie's genuinely a nice guy. He is. Next, Claire is sleeping again. And she gets Mood. attacked in the night. Uh, she gets her, like, hand over her mouth. And there's, like, a knife sound. And there's some scary things and more. What, Kelly? The knife sound. Yeah. Yep. The sword sound again. Yeah. Yeah. So that was the foreshadowing. Yeah. But the thing is that, like, I'm pretty sure... That, that was, like, is that, was that part real? I think it's foreshadowing to, like, the, oh, crap, it's in the spoiler section. Is this again. her having a psychic sort of, like, premonition? I mean, I think so. Because, like, it's also, this could be real just because, like, as soon as she wakes up, Ethan's right there and he says, go get her water. And Ethan's like, okay. So Ethan could have done it. Yeah, I think Ethan definitely did. But Jack also said that there wasn't a mark on her stomach where she said that um yeah the guy was injecting her i'm going back on the dream thing and looking up it's it's got to be that she's parked like she has the sight yeah to see a blade in your dream suggests that you're making some difficult and important decisions to dream that you're carrying a knife if the knife is dull if you're wounded by a knife to see someone holding a knife in your dream suggests that you lack control or power in a situation or relationship well that would Alternatively, the person holding a knife in your dream may be symbolic of a dominant male figure in your waking life. Oh my god! Today on The Aficionados, we interpret fictional characters' dreams. (laughs) (laughs) A sword. 
The sword may be seen as a phallic symbol and thus represent masculine power. Kate, this episode literally is all about gender, though. I know, I know. It totally (laughs) is. I love this. Okay, okay, continuing on. Jack wakes up and more screams. She's great at this. Charlie, Charlie's the one who believes her the most here. Yes. Charlie is totally on her side this whole time. I hate that we have to, like, be like, yes, Charlie's the best one because no one believes her. That's so shitty that no one believes her. Yeah, it is, it is. Michael and Hurley are there. Ethan's there. Charlie and Hurley immediately go and, like, try and and make things better. Jack's here to, like, calm her down again, and she's saying she couldn't see who it was. It was dark, but he was trying to hurt her baby. She thinks she was stabbed, but there is no mark, so potentially that's the part that kind of was a dream slash premonition. Mm -hmm. It's kind Um, of like a mess of all of it. Yeah. She's just really scared. Which Um, is basically, like, meant to, like, confuse her, right? Like, that's was their entire thing, was to make her doubt her own reality. That's true. I wonder. I'm trying to. That just out sounds that like a like... certain someone that has not yet been introduced. You know. Yeah. Doesn't that just sound like that person? I'm trying to to think about whether I think that that was like I, I want to say it was like part of Ethan's plan, but I don't mm-hmm. think it was because it was Jack who was doing it. But like, was Ethan there and being like, "Good job, Jack. This is helpful to me." Like, I don't know. I don't oh, know. No. It's just a thought I had. I don't know. Do you think Ethan, the man that just said Ontario, you're being um, too quiet. I oh, need you to be louder. Okay. Oh yeah, he just said Ontario. Do you think he would be able to think about that? What masterful plan? I'm confused. Oh, you know what? That's a good point. Is I'm he even explain. smart enough to come up with a plan that in depth? Oh yeah. I mean, oh you're right. <laughs> That's such a good point. <laughs> I see this. It's clearly someone else's plan. He's like, I think I, he's like, it took me three days to figure out I was from Canada. (laughs) I don't even know where Ontario is. (laughs) Charlie shows up and is just like, me and Claire are in trouble. Can you, we're going to be like over here by ourselves. And he's like, crap, this is a really good opportunity for me, but I don't know how I'm going to do it. It's going to take me a while. That's why he like doesn't go to get Jack. He like takes a really long time to go. He's like, I circled around just so I could think about what to do. He has to, like, thinking man it. He has to, like, sit on a rock and be like, hmm. Charlie's like, Charlie's like, Ethan, where's Jack? And he's like, I can't answer you because I'm still thinking about what to do next. (laughs) I'm still formulating my earlier thought. Get back to me in an hour. He was given a little slip of paper of, like, his backstory, and then he was memorizing (laughs) it on walking to the crash site. Okay, Ethan Rom. I'm from Ontario. Okay, all right, Ontario. Well, Ethan Rom's his actual name. <laughs> I know. Okay. <laughs> He's like, and they're like, let's give him his actual name, or else he'll forget what his <laughs> his fake name is. Okay, but you know the person who should not be named would absolutely think he was that stupid. Yeah, absolutely. He's like, yeah. Lance? And he's like, ah, am I Lance? Did I tell somebody <laughs> I was Lance? <laughs> Who's Lance? <laughs> is that me? I, I don't remember. Watch Lance, like, be his middle name. Yeah. yeah. Other yeah. man Lance. That's what other his anagram is. Yep. Lance, the other man. So Charlie's bringing uh, a blanket to Claire, and he's like, if you want to take a nap, I'll be sitting right here. You'll be good to go. Don't worry. You want to close your eyes? I'll be here all night. I won't let anyone get to you. I won't leave you, Claire. I, I want to know if, like, Thomas said, I won't leave you. Uh, Let me just check the transcript real quick. 
leave. Get wrecked, Thomas. Because I know that he says it could be the best thing ever. Yeah. Yeah. I won't leave you, Claire. Oh, that's Charlie. Never mind. <laughs> Thomas oh leaves. Did you see anyone leave the beach? Oh, when did he leave you? Never mind. I thought someone else said it to her and it would be a parallel, but it wasn't. Wow. Everybody makes mistakes. Everybody, Everybody has, has those days. days. Everybody knows what, what I'm talking about. about. Everybody, Everybody gets that, that way. way. All right. I'm going to go. Okay. So now we have the golden trio of Jack, Kate, and Charlie. Charlie's asking Kate, like, sup? Did you see anybody leave the beach or whatever? And Jack's like, uh, I don't know. Uh, I think women are crazy. <laughs> With Kate standing right next to him. Kate's like, well, <laughs> sometimes. Well, because we have to make sure that Kate backs up the Jack internalized misogyny. Yeah. Because otherwise, men will think that Kate is weak, like Claire is weak. Yeah, or else they'll be like, mm, I don't like Kate. Yeah. Yep. Which right. wound up happening anyway, so... <laughs> Jack's basically saying, why would he do that if everybody is sleeping literally 20 feet away? And he's like, it's a lucid dream. This happens to pregnant women all the time. And and they're, they're just anxiety nightmares. Can you talk about anxiety nightmares, Brittany? Do you have those? Oh, I absolutely have those. <laughs> okay. Do you want to talk on them? I mean, there's not much to say about them just because, like, that's not what was happening to Claire, I yeah. think. Yeah, Um, But at the same time, like, anxiety nightmares feel really real and, like, you basically, like, wake up, like, having a panic attack. Yeah. Which makes everything around you seem slightly unreal. So, like, the way that Claire is behaving here, to me, makes perfect sense for someone who has anxiety nightmares. So I can see where Jack's coming from there mm -hmm. because nothing feels real when, when you're kind of in that weird in-between place between, you know, sleep and awakeness when you're having that level of anxiety because it just makes everything feel really super, super lucid. Right. But at the same time, like, I don't know if that level of anxiety is something that Claire would be experiencing, like, night after night after night. Right. I don't, I don't know. Okay. Well, she's due in, like, a week, maybe two but with all of this stuff that's going on, it could trigger an early labor. But they don't have any, like, hospital instruments or anything, so that'd be kind of bad. And, you know, Charlie just continues to stand up for, for Claire. And it's very yes. nice. Because it's like, this is another another thing of, of Charlie's not even looking for anything from Claire. Because she's no. not there. No, he just likes Claire as a person. Yeah, he, he, she's not there to see him stand up for her. So she can be like, oh, Charlie, thank you for saving me. You know, he's just doing it because he really does believe in her. Yeah. He genuinely <laughs> just cares about her. Uh, that's so nice. Charlie really loves the motherly figures, Claire and Hurley. <laughs> I hate how true that is. Once Jack and Claire are together, like, he's like, I know you're scared, but also here's a sedative. I'm trying to figure out what Jack's mindset was here. Like, he found it and was like, like, what exactly is this mild sedative supposed to do? Is it kind of just like, once you're asleep, you'll stay asleep? Is that what the sedative does? Like, what is, what's the point of a mild sedative? A mild sedative is basically will calm her down. Like, it'll, it'll put her into oh, enough I of a see. chill state that she won't have any of the anxiety. Okay. Yeah. See, I'm sitting here being like, okay, so you'll just be drowsy all the time? <laughs> I mean, that's definitely part of it. <laughs> I was thinking if it was a sedative and it put her to sleep and stayed asleep, what if she has an anxiety nightmare and she's nightmare just stuck and in and there? And she's just stuck in there. Oh, yeah, exactly. That'd be scary as heck. Um, I've actually had that happen before when I had NyQuil. 
Uh-huh. And it's like sleep paralysis. Ugh, no thanks. So, like, you get stuck in your dream and, like, your body thinks you can't wake up, but you can wake up, oh, but no. you can't move. Right. It's it's terrifying. Yeah. And also, don't take NyQuil and, like, Xanax, okay? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you. So, Claire decides to go back to the beach. This is, this is literally, don't tell me what I can't do. Yep. <laughs> uh, just coming back here. And Charlie's really mad at Jack because he's like, I put in work and peanut butter to get her here and you have ruined it peanut butter say peanut butter peanut butter yes did they take the long way to the beach no the beach is just far away okay because they make it seem like it's not far away right when like hurley finds out ethan is from oh yeah and he just like not from and then he just like booked it to the cave and then all of a sudden he's there I mean, you know, if I'm going to be the advocate that goes, well, here's how I'll make sense of this thing that makes no sense. Uh, maybe he was halfway to the caves already, and then he was looking at it and being like, wait a second. Yeah, it's definitely not convenient writer stuff. <laughs> He's, like, going through his, like, notes and, like, cross, cross-examining. cross <laughs> He's like, where's this dude? He's like, oh, my name's not Ethan. Sorry, um, it's Lance. Girl, what? Girl, what? Charlie catches up with her. And he's like, cool, so just walk through the jungle by yourself. That's really smart when you get um, attacked all the time. And she's like, I'm not crazy, Charlie. And I'm like, he's not saying that you are. He's just saying that you you made a bad decision because you keep getting attacked. And also stop going places by yourself. You are super pregnant. What if you wanted to labor? Especially when you know that people keep attacking you specifically. Yeah. That's not good. But there's also like that thing where like someone told Claire what to do and she's like, "Uh uh-uh. Well, I'm thinking, like, what other women are at the caves? Uh, son? But, son. like, her her husband's right beside her at all times. So, I mean, I wonder if Claire probably thinks, if everyone thinks it's probably just a lady thing. And Claire's the only other. But then why, is it, why isn't Charlie sleeping right beside her? He probably is just a couple feet away. Yeah. Like, that's what I thought. Yeah. Jack also said, why would anyone yeah. attack her with everyone sleeping? A few feet away. And, like, I think Charlie is the first one to get to her, actually, because he's the one who's trying to calm her down all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And also, I just want to say, why would anyone attack her while she was sleeping? And it's because Ethan's a friggin' idiot. (laughs) Attack her when she's alone, like you end up doing. There's your explanation, is he's just an idiot. Um, the next thing we have is them walking, and Charlie really just wants to carry her bag for her, which isn't, which I don't think is, a. let me carry your bag for you because it's a gentleman thing to do. I think it's a, you are pregnant. Let me help you, please. You are pregnant and like five seconds away from popping. Charlie is good guy Charlie in this episode. He's not even being bad guy Charlie, which he sometimes is. Yeah. Like the guy guy who said, who like commented on the size of Kate's bra. That was bad guy Charlie. We just pretend that didn't happen. What? She's like, why do you want to help me? And he's like, because I like you. And she's like, you don't like me. You just want to rescue me. I'm not a damsel. And I'm like, usually I'd be like, yes, girl, tell him. But I do know that Charlie has good intentions. So I don't know how to feel. It's probably because like, you know, just like the medium, like men have been trying to do that to Claire her whole life. Yeah. And then they abandon her when it's convenient for them. True. Oh, sadness. So, yeah. If Claire didn't decide to go back to the beach, do you think she would have been kidnapped? They would have found out who Ethan was and stopped him? That's a good question. Hmm. I don't know. I feel like the writers were like, let's not get it that far, lol. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like, yeah, they would have found a way either way. 
Yeah, I feel like Hurley would have shown up and found Ethan and been like, sup? And then maybe Hurley would have been hurt too, though. That's true. Yeah. Never mind. (laughs) (laughs) Don't want to think about that. So then she has a sort of contraction thing. And Charlie's like, okay, you got to time him. He's counting sugar plum fairies. Like, just like, I love Charlie in this episode. Okay, we need to time the contractions. That's what you do. Time the contractions, okay? (sighs) One sugar plum fairy. Two sugar plum fairy. You just need to calm down. All right? Big deep breaths. Oh, bloody hell. Charlie, I need you to go get Jack. What? I'll be all right. I'm not leaving you alone. Charlie, I, can, I can deliver a baby. I can do this. This must happen Charlie, all the time. you don't know how to Wait, deliver... no, listen to me. I'm not going to let anything happen to you. I might not know what I'm doing, but I'll figure it out. If I can kick drugs, I can deliver a baby. I kind of think that's just for him. Oh, 100% yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's like, you got to calm down. <laughs> he's like yelling at her. He's like, stop it. Calm down. And she's like... Okay, I'm just gonna do this whether or not you're here, okay? Can you go get Jack, please? And he's like, no, 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 I won't leave you all day. I can do it. I, I've watched TV. If I, I, if I can kick drugs, I can do this. So Oops. she's like, what? And he's like, ah, uh, I've made another mistake. I've made a huge mistake, Dot Gif. Well, can't go back. Yeah, so I he runs away and he leaves Claire. And it's like, how are you planning on finding her again? Where, like, you need some landmarks to... To help you out. He's, like, where he is she? He left a trail of, bre- of uh, breadcrumbs. Yeah. That's when Charlie finds Ethan, and Ethan's like, what, Claire? B- b- tell me more. <laughs> What's going on? Go get Jack. And he's like, okay. Uh, that's when they, he finds her again, and uh, she's in some pain. Just a little bit. He's helping her breathe, and she's like, I am not supposed to be here because the psychic promised me that I wouldn't be. And then once they talk about the psychic, she's like, yeah, it was embarrassing. Like, that guy was such a liar. But then Charlie's like, maybe he knew. (laughs) I have a big thing on this about the psychic and knowing about the crash. Mm -hmm. Do you think he just knew about the crash? Or do you think he knew that she would survive? Do you think he was sending her to her death? I think he knew she would survive. Yeah, but that she would go through everything she does. Because otherwise, then like the 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 point would be: Would you rather have a baby who's surrounded by danger and has no happy life because it's not raised by its mother, or have dead mother, dead baby? Yeah, and he would have to choose between that. You know, I don't know. I was just confused because Charlie was just like, if he really wanted. Yeah, she's like, yeah, there was no couple in L.A. Here I am. She got six thousand dollars out of it that she can't even use now. Yeah, what good is money on that island? He's like, he's like, okay, here's the check for six thousand dollars. Don't cash it until you get to L.A. Okay, and it's definitely real money. Half later, (laughs) I hate you too. (laughs) So like the contractions have stopped. He's like, look, I took care of you. Like, yeah, we did it. It's so cute. So they're like, okay, well, so I guess they're going back to the caves. He's like, I will protect you. And now, that you know, everything's fine now. Yeah. Uh, but now they feel the kicking of the baby. And that's when Ethan shows up. And he's like, Ethan, where's Jack? And he's like, I have no answer for you, apparently. I was busy doing my hair. <laughs> okay, Brittany. Yeah. Picture this. Okay. Ethan's dumb face at the end, just saying nothing. Uh-huh. And the windows shutting down sound. <laughs> I want, like, a, a vine of that. Oh, you know what else? Oh, oh. 
Ethan's face at the end, and then the sound that like your internet used to make when it was like booting up, and it was like. <laughs> Did Ethan just make a huge circle when Charlie was just like, "Go get Jack," and he's like, "Okay." <laughs> Here Does I go. circle yeah. and then comes back around. Took a lap. <laughs> I wasn't anywhere suspicious at all. My last thought on their storyline is just like, I think this episode really highlights how good the relationship is between Claire and Charlie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you see through the whole episode that like Claire can't actually like trust anyone, right? Right. Like, either in her old life or on the island because either no one believes her or everyone's trying to tell her what to do. And Charlie's the only person who's standing there going, okay, well, I'm on your team no matter what. Mm-hmm. So it's basically like Claire going through this whole episode and understanding that for once in her life, she can actually like fall back and someone will catch her. Yeah. That's beautiful. I cry. Like if you cry every time. <laughs> like if you cry every time. <laughs> every time, every time. Now we're going to move on to flashbacks. So this is Thomas. We don't like him. He's not even that cute. No, he's not. He does these paintings. Fun fact. Fun fact. One of the executive producers slash main directors of Lost, Jack Bender, uh, painted those because most paintings in the show are done by Jack Bender. Ooh. He's a fancy guy. Ooh. Wow. (laughs) Um, So she has a pregnancy test. And, um, you know, they're not always accurate. I love this moment where he's just like, they thought my uncle had testicular cancer, remember? Okay, it's definitely two lines. Two pink lines? Pink? No, 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 these are like red. <laughs> they're pink. These two lines? Pink. Okay, first of all, these tests are not always accurate. Thomas! No, 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 my uncle, you know, we thought he had uh, testicular cancer, you remember that? He did, he's dead! Well, yeah, I mean, no, no, it was like a wrong, it was a bad diagnosis. Dark. It's like, oh, yep, you, you're right. She's six weeks late on her period. This isn't what we want. Maybe it is. Yeah? This could be like, uh, I don't know. Could be like the best thing ever. Sounds fake, but okay. Whatever. He's, she's like, oh, my mom would disown me. And he's like, well, she basically has already. And I have a lot to say about that in the spoiler section. That's super dark. She's like, I don't, we don't make enough money to support this, this child. And this is not what we want at all. And he's like, but maybe it is. I'm like, or maybe it's not. Or maybe you're full of it, you big jerk. The next time we have Claire and Rachel, who this is the only time that we see Rachel. And what I find strange about Rachel is that she had a face actor and a voice actor. So you you can totally tell that the whole thing is ADR and that it's not even her speaking. And I have gone on her Lostpedia page to try and figure out like if there's a reason for why that happened, but I just don't know. Maybe her accent? Maybe. I have no idea. But either way, that's a thing that happened and I'm not sure why. All right. She's saying that she's moving in with Thomas, so yay. Um, then they go to the psychic uh, because she likes astrology so much. And she's basically saying, I don't need another dude to tell me what to do. <laughs> and I'm like, I relate. <laughs> Can relate to that. Thanks so much. So this is Richard Malkin. Um, Richard Malkin actually comes back in a second episode. I believe he's only in two episodes. Oh, oh, that's right. We can't really talk about that until the spoiler section, 
but yeah, two episodes. So it's just that this one and, and the other one that he shows up in, in season two. And yeah, so we'll, we'll talk about that later. Uh, but he like needs her hands and he knew about the baby. It's been two days since then. Uh, she hasn't told her mom yet. And should they not tell her? And then he, he's very concerned and he won't do the reading. Thoughts? My thing is, do we eventually learn about her relationship with her mom? I can't remember. Yes. Uh, there's an episode in season three called Par Avion that uh-huh. uh, talks all about that. It's okay. about her relationship with her mother and her father. Okay. Because mm-hmm. I was like, oh, God, like, there's so much of her backstory with her mom. And, like, this show has, like, a, such a complicated relationship with moms in the first place. Like, yeah. So I really want to, I can't remember what it is. I'm like, yeah, I'm really excited to learn it. <laughs> yeah. I already know it, but I can't remember it. Also, the lamp that he has in his house is the same lamp that Locke has at in the big dream. In her dream. Yeah. That's pretty sweet. That's actually not on Lostpedia. Like, when I was going through, like, all of the, the trivia and stuff uh, mm-hmm. to get ready for my fun fact, I didn't even see that. So, that's brand new information. Woo. Which never happens it. to you, and it came from your sister. Embarrassing. I'm so proud. <laughs> <laughs> I'm proud you're embarrassed. That that tracks. Great, great, great. Um, <laughs> so, next time we see them, she's putting up some drapes, and she's like, drapes represent age. And I'm like, I get it. Um, she says, it's something that her mom would do. And it's like, wow, there's so much mom stuff to talk about. I'm so excited. So many moms. Thomas comes home, he puts beer in the fridge, and she's like, Sasha wants to hang out with us, and now he's decided to dump her. And she's like, just so I'm not overreacting, which is like totally a, a thing that I would say. Yep. It's just like, I don't want to assume something. Can you clarify, please? That is so Robin, actually. <laughs> this isn't working. Come on, you knew that. I was. <clears throat> just so I'm not overreacting here. Are you breaking up with me? Look, for the past three months, it's just, you know, there's always some plan, some responsibility, somewhere that we have to be, someone that you have to talk to. Well, yeah, I'm trying to make sure that when the baby comes... When the baby, yeah. I mean, that is just not... It's like this now, you know? What's it going to be like when the baby comes? But you said we should do this. Yeah. Yeah, well, now it's real. She's like, what about when the baby comes? And he's like, I can't be a father. What about my life? And I'm like, what about Claire's life? Yeah, what about that small child you helped make? She wanted to... She didn't want to do this in the first place. Like, it was literally your fault that this is happening. And now you're leaving it all by herself. That's mm, dumb. Apparently. That's mean. Not cool. It's just, like, so many people want to bail when they realize, like, responsibility is a real thing. Mm-hmm. And, like, this happens to expectant mothers a lot in fiction, and it just drives me nuts because it's like the, the, the mothers don't have a choice. No. She was supposed to be on the pill. Well, you can't just change your mind. How in the hell am I supposed to be a dad, Claire? How about my painting? My life? I knew, I knew this was gonna happen. I told you so. Perfect. Now get all your daddy abandonment crap. Hey, you bastard! Don't you dare try and justify what you're doing. I have done nothing, okay? I've done absolutely nothing. You don't think I've seen what you've done? Excuse me? You were supposed to be on the pill. You think I got pregnant on purpose? Or that this was some kind of plan? You are out of your mind! No, it's not over! I'm out of here. Damn it! (laughs) 
Oh my god, I literally think that's so 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 funny. Like he's like, oh, this is because of your daddy issues, and she's like, um, can you not try and justify what you're doing? It's garbage. And he's like, oh, did you do this on purpose? It's like, yeah, Thomas, because you're such a prize that we had to lock down. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we're doing. Totally. I was so excited to get drapes. <laughs> I just needed the drapes. She was just using him for her his interior design like techniques, let's be real. I have a question about that, actually. Hmm. Is that he's just like, whatever, I'm leaving. And he leaves. And I'm like, isn't this your apartment? That's what I was thinking, <laughs> too. He's like, she's like, I'm moving in with Thomas into his loft. And I'm like, so who, who gets the loft? I'm confused. Uh... She who carries the child gets the loft. True, true. You're right. She goes back to the psychic and she's like, will you give me a reading now? And he's like, sure, I guess. More <laughs> money. Here's $200. No, he gave her her money back before. He keeps giving, He keep, they keep having transactions where she's like, here you go. And he's like, no, take it back. And she's like, okay, here you go. Oh, no, take it back. It's like, oh my God. I don't want it. And then he's like, here you go. Who turns down money that many times? <laughs> yeah, that's true. She wants to know how the psychic thing works. And he's like, I don't know. <laughs> like, okay. How do you not know? Yeah, it's like, just try and explain it. Then he immediately is just like, yeah, I saw a blurry thing. And she's like, okay, well, you could have just said that. Yep. <laughs> Whatever. Um, so he left her last week. He's saying it's really important for her to raise the child herself. And she's like, okay. He's like, you like Thomas is going to have nothing to do with you or the child. That's just how it's going to be. Because danger surrounds the child. And her goodness must influence the child. And she's like, okay, well, if Thomas isn't going to come back, I'm probably just going to give this baby up for adoption. Like, I can't do it by myself. And he's like, no. He's like, this baby will never be happy without you. And she's like, cool, thanks for taking my $200. And he's like, no, just take it back. I don't care. This baby needs protection. And she's like, yeah, okay, see ya. And the next time she's like literally sleeping. And he's like, hi, it's me again. Don't ask how I got your number. <laughs> like, Just the creepiest, where- like... How did he do it, though? I don't know. Phone book? Mm, Facebook? He's, he's psychic. How, how did they do things in the old-timey days before I don't know. the internets? Just kidding. He probably Googled her. Hello? Miss Littleton, it's Richard Malkin. Oh, my God. Listen to me. I have a plan. Something that will make this all better. Hey, you've got to stop calling me. It's too late, all right? I'm going to see adoptive services tomorrow. Oh, I've been telling you for months. You cannot do that. What I do with my baby is none of your business. If you don't do what I'm suggesting. Great danger will be. Okay, great danger will befall you if you don't stop calling me in the middle of the night. I know what you're feeling inside, Claire. That you're doubting your decision to give up the baby. Look, I'm begging you. Don't do it. At least hear my plan first. Good night. Where was she sleeping? Because it kind of looked like the loft, but okay. also it was dark. Oh, I didn't even try. I didn't think about that. No. I don't know. Maybe it is the loft, and she's like, "Frick you, Thomas! This is mine now." <laughs> you I hope me. she did. If a crazy psychic told you that he had a plan, what would you do? Do you believe in psychics, Brittany? I mean, okay, here's the thing: I can't not believe in them, but I also don't believe in them. Do you know what I mean? It's like I... no one can prove me wrong or prove them wrong, but Here... also it seems like such a load of shit. My my thought is that like I believe in some psychics. And yeah. some mediums, you know, like the ones that that can prove things like I, I love watching the medium TV shows. So now we have Arlene and Joseph Stewart. Stewart. Uh, they're, they're with the adoption lawyer and 
here's the weird thing is that like they are paying for her living and medical expenses which makes sense mm-hmm. but it's illegal in australia f- to get an extra twenty thousand dollars like it's not legal for for you to like make Tip? profit off this child really twenty thousand dollars yeah you're and that's yet, not a thing and yet you can sell your eggs though yeah i guess that yeah that's true I don't know, but either that that's what it said on Lostpedia. But okay. she has no right to see this kid at all, and it's up to them if they even know you exist. Okay. Is, Which is heartbreaking. Yeah. Is the living expenses just until she has the baby? Yeah. I think and so, then, like, and then she, she just, gets to go home. Yeah. It's like Baby Mama. Yeah. Like that movie? Did you see it? No. No. <laughs> Damn it. They're like, okay, just sign this thing. And she's like, do you know Catch a Falling Star? And Catch a Falling Star is like a thing with Claire. And so on like every Claire aesthetic that anybody ever makes, that's always like the little quote that's in it, you know? Do you know uh, Catch a Falling Star? It's a song like a lullaby. Catch a Falling Star and put it in your pocket. My dad used to sing that to me when I was little. Do you think you could sing it to the baby once in a while? Of course. But then that pen is dry, and then when she gets a new one, it's still dry, and then Arlene gives them a pen, and she doesn't even try that one, is what I noticed when I... Yeah. Yeah. She doesn't even try the last pen. I feel really uh, bad for this couple. Yeah, me too. It's very sad, because she yeah. backs out, and they're, she's... It's, I bet it's heartbreaking. Yeah, like, they'd already committed, like... A whole bunch of money and, like, their hearts into this. And Claire just kind of... And found her a living, like, apartment and everything. And, like, they obviously already loved that baby. Yeah. This might be a little heartless of me. Like, I think that it's really sad. But I just kind of find the couple a little fake. Why? You do? Girl, that might be the acting of the lady. That might not be the story. Yeah. But, like, why? Because I just find, like... Because, like, she will have no right to see the child, but then they're like, yeah, we'll sing, like, Catch a Falling Star. I mean, that might just be just for Claire, but then also at the end, she was like, what? Well, I mean, yeah. Like, well, yeah, I know, but, like, I don't know. I think I can see that. On on singing this baby a thing. I already have, we have three cribs already picked out just to see which one it likes best. Like, (laughs) you know, like. Is that baby Goldilocks? Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, for sure, for sure. But yeah, it might just be the lady thing too. Just right. So she ends up going back to the psychics and being like, "What's your offer?" He, it's like he's been bothering her for the last four months. Uh, there's a couple in LA, and you'll get twelve thousand dollars. They're good people. Do it. Did we ever find out who the couple in LA was? No. Well, um, I can say like in the spoiler section. Also, like this flight is tomorrow. Um, and she says, I have to get my, and then she gets cut off. So do you think this is her being like, I have to get permission from my OBGYN? Like, was she going to? Yeah, probably. Um, or like, she needed to like pack or something. Yeah, I have to get, like, yeah, yeah, or whatever. Or like, talk um, to her friends. But he's like, it has to be this flight. It has to be flight 815. Fun fact, this is the first time that we're hearing the flight number. Wait, what? Yeah, we didn't know it was flight 815 before. We just knew it was Oceanic. Oh my god. At least, at least that's, that's what Lostpedia a- tells me. That's such an iconic flight number, too. I know. Yeah. Wow. That's shocking. Okay. 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 (laughs) I tried to look at Catch a Falling Star of what, if there was any significance of it, like the Mm -hmm. lyrics, but I couldn't find anything. Catch a falling star and put it in your pocket. Because it's a very simple, straightforward. 
Never let it fade away. Catch a falling star and put it in your pocket. Save it for, for a rainy day. day. Yeah. Um, I just associate that song with Princess Stars. I think it's just... Yeah. A lullaby. I don't think there's... Okay. Let me see here. Let me just... Just give me a second to read this. Okay. Because, like, you never know with Lost. (laughs) If it's a thing. The song has been featured in several films, including The Princess Diaries, Love Actually, Everybody's Fine, and Never Been Kissed. It was often featured in the TV series Lost, and was most often associated with Claire Littleton and her baby. (laughs) Also, Indiana Jones something. (laughs) Something to do with that. Wait, why was it Indiana Jones? It says a musical phrase from the song appears in John Williams's score for Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull during the motorcycle chase through the college. <laughs> oh my god. One of these things is not like the other. <laughs> I mean, haven't you had a motorcycle chase to that song? Is that uh, not a universal experience? I guess not. Wow. I don't know. All right, so now it's time for our favorite line awards. So my favorite line award this episode goes to Shannon for... Name, Shannon Rutherford. Age, 20. Address, Craphole Island. Which is one of my favorite quotes from the entire series. And I have an honorable mention that also goes to Shannon for... I am so not moving to the rape caves. Which is same. Relatable content. Yeah. Uh, And my favorite line goes to Charlie for... Dear Diary. Still on the bloody island. Today I swallowed a bug. Love Claire. <laughs> My favorite line award goes to Hurley for. Or you could just give it to me. Cause, dude, you could use the points. <laughs> true um our next segment is about light and dark so i think the main one in this episode was Locke's eyes yeah in her um ooh, should i go back onto the dream thing and see what what eyes mean yeah i would like that i also believe there were two um stones at the edge of the table closest to claire one light one dark two two which means like from the from adam and eve's little little uh, pouch thing Ooh, bleeding eyes that's not what i care <laughs> dreaming of children with no pupils points to a loss of innocence oh no thank you no thank if you their eyeballs are red no 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 if their eyeballs are all white it means emptiness and if their eyeballs are completely black it indicates a missing soul or a lack of compassion huh um i mean <laughs> i mean yeah <laughs> but it's like no but it's like <sighs> My problem with Locke is, like, I just think about Locke from the later seasons. Yeah. that It, it colors my whole opinion of him. So it's like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, lack of soul, I get that. But it's like, no, in the first season, he's he's weird, but, like, he's Locke. Yeah, he's still he's still a very sweet man who just mm-hmm. is trying to live his life. Yep. For light and dark. There, I don't know. I mean, the caves are always dark, like we said. Like, are those maybe, uh, I found something. Uh, the caves are dark, and so they're kind of, um, they're, like, the danger, and the beach signifies light, so it's safer to her right now? Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't the 84 on Boon's shirt yin and yang mean? Yeah. <gasps> I mean, it's like a yin and yang sort of thing with 84. That was a good one. That was a good one. <laughs> then we have man of science, man of faith, so if we take a look at man of science, I think that Jack is in both things, depending on what he's talking about like mm-hmm. all of the claire stuff is man of science but like all the saeed stuff is man of faith yeah kate man of faith i think why uh because she's like oh wait 
maybe man of science just because she's not like i don't i i like she has a feeling that saeed isn't okay so maybe yeah that's man of science actually no i that has to be man of faith because it's like she's worrying about something she doesn't have proof of right okay yeah charlie definitely man of faith absolutely mm-hmm. claire maybe a little bit of both yeah claire's definitely i think claire's always a character who's both i feel like definitely she's more man of science in the flashbacks and maybe more man of faith on the island right now mm-hmm um hurley does hurley believe her he doesn't really say. I, yeah he doesn't really say uh i i i'm i have a tendency to lean on man of science right now yeah because he's kind of being like these are all the like we need the that's, facts yeah that's what i was gonna say what about ethan man of evil man of evil <laughs> man of bleeped out character's name flunky yeah. what about thomas <laughs> oh thomas man, man of, of evil man, man also of man of evil richard malkin obviously a man of faith ha, 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 okay ha. cool 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 Okay, our next segment that's relevant is, did they do the thing? And they kind of did the thing. He said, I, I don't. There, there can't be another. You mustn't allow another to raise your baby. Okay, so that's they the thing. sort of did the thing. That's the thing. The next one is, how many episodes has it been since the last knockout? Uh, I think, I don't think like they had a one. knockout this episode, did they? Am I misremembering? No, they didn't. Okay, so it's been one episode since the last knockout. Oh my God, someone reset the clock. Now we have thoughts from listeners so we're actually recording this episode before solitary comes out so if we do have any thoughts from listeners uh i will insert them here stay tuned for a segment after the outro we'll be discussing this episode within the context of the rest of the series but please be aware that this will be rampant with spoilers so proceed with caution thank you so much for listening to this episode our music is terminal by good news tunes if you're a fan of the hundred we discussed all of season four over on our the hundred channel so check that out and we'll be talking about season five next year and if you're a fan of riverdale we covered all of season one and we will be covering season two starting in october you can follow at the Aficionados on Twitter, Facebook, and Tumblr as of right now. Potentially Redbubble soon? Question mark, question mark, question mark? Yeah. Just kidding. Yes, absolutely Redbubble soon. <laughs> um, you can also, if you can slash want to slash the spirit moves you, um, donate to our Patreon at patreon.com slash the Aficionados. And give us any uh, suggestions that you may have for perks that we could do over there. Yeah. That'd be cool. What things do you want for monies? You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey. That's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-E-F-F-R-E-Y pretty much everywhere. And you can follow me on Twitter at Britannia, which is B-R-I-T-T-A-N-I-A with an underscore at the end. And we'd like to thank Callie for being on this episode. Thank you, Callie. You're welcome. It was fun. Uh, Where can we find you on the internet? Uh, At Callie M. Jeffrey, C-A-L-L-I-E. N-J-E-F-F-R-E-Y. Every time you spell it, both of you spell it, I say it with you. Because <laughs> I'm so used to, like, Rod- Robin's cadence of speaking. Um, join us for episode 111, All the Best Cowboys Have Daddy Issues, with our special guest, Selena Wilkin from Hypable, who is at Selena Wilkin on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah, I'm so excited. Okay, love you, bye. Okay, love you, bye. Goodbye. Love you, bye. Bye. Spoilers, spoilers, gonna talk spoilers. All right, now we insert Sarah being like, it's time for spoilers or whatever she said. (laughs) She's gonna regret this for the rest (laughs) of her life. (laughs) All right, welcome to the spoiler segment. Is anyone dying to say anything? Oh my God, Ben Linus is an (laughs) asshole. (laughs) You can bleep that out, but like literally, like 
All I can think about is him sending Ethan off to like do all of Ethan, these horrible things. Ethan, Goodwin, go do some stuff. I'll get you some lists. <laughs> Here's the thing that I think is weird about that actually is that like Goodwin got an actual list, I think, and yeah, what, Ethan's list was Claire. Ethan's list was literally find the pregnant girl. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. Well, I guess because, like, maybe the Tailies were a lot more scrappy. Yeah. So. Plus, he wanted to punish Goodwin more. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, you're right. True. Yep. So it's like, keep him away for as long as possible from Juliet. I'm like, what did Ethan do? <laughs> he's just a good runner. <laughs> That's exactly right. Like, well, it's not because he's smart, apparently. <laughs> but then again, I just remembered that Ethan is totally, like, a doctor. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You can't really spare those. You must have been a shit doctor. Yeah. I guess. I don't know. Whatever. Mm, awkward. Um, so I'm going to talk about numbers. Claire says that she's six weeks late on her period. Hey, Brittany, how many days is six weeks? Girl, I don't know. Girl, that's six times seven. 42? Uh-huh. That's a lot. That's a number. Oh, my God! It <laughs> <laughs> took me a minute. I was like... Why is she asking me this? <laughs> I wanted to talk about Boone's shirt. So uh, this is kind of, <laughs> these are stretching it. But Lostpedia says, sentence. Chinese figure on Boone's shirt means the number 84, which is a reference to yin and yang. 84 is the first two of the numbers in reverse order. And 84 is the sum of 42, 23, 15, and 4. Wow. I'm like, someone so that. figured that out. You, you did that, didn't you? Yeah. Wait, no, that wasn't me. It's Lostpedia. <laughs> Somebody else did that. I but you know confirm. that if, like, given enough time, you would do that, too. <laughs> Probably. The other number, I think I had one. Oh, I have two more number things. So mm-hmm. the other one is that um, Claire says that he's been bothering her for the last four months. Okay. Did you see what his house number was? No, I didn't. Uh, I wonder if that's one. Hang on. I wonder if it even shows. I'm closing my BuzzFeed quiz, which was, are you more Christine or Elijah? So. Okay. <laughs> Um, I f- I'm not sure if they show us any angles of his house. Uh, I'm looking. And so, if like, they did, I probably would have seen it on this article. But Well, you don't know. Okay. Should I continue? Yeah. Uh, okay, so passing the numbers, we have the black and white eye thing with Locke. Mm-hmm. Um, that's references Obviously. to yep. Jacob and, and all that stuff. Now I want to talk a little bit about Claire's mother. Claire's mother we learn in season three par Avion. Avian? Avion? I don't know. Well, whatever. Mm-hmm. Is that she and Claire were in a car accident and her mother is currently in a coma. Oh my god. Okay. So she says my mother would disown me and he says she basically has already. And you're like, um, what kind of jerk is this? I don't even, like, know how to respond to that. <laughs> um, and then later like, when she's at the, at the psychic, um, they say, oh, she hasn't told her mom yet. Um, and like, we well, get no that shit. scene. We get the scene of her telling her mom, and it's fantastic, and Emily is great in it. Yeah. I think, I, all I remember from it is, I'm sorry, mom. Mm-hmm. It's like, I didn't mean to turn you into a beer. Did you just say beer? A beer. Okay. I didn't mean to turn you into a beer. Another thing is that she says it's something her mom would do, so we just keep bringing up her mom. Um, He says daddy issues, so we also know that she didn't really know her father, which I think is strange when she says, my dad used to sing it to me. Like, did she learn that from her mom? I don't know, but either way, her dad is the same dad as Jack's dad. I'm guessing that it's something that her mom told her. Yeah. 
we have Ethan. So Ethan's name is Ethan Rom, and we have some things about this just because Ethan was born Ethan uh, Goodspeed. And so there's been loads of theories about why Ethan would go by Rom and how when Juliet is back in time and they tell her, oh, we're naming our baby Ethan and she's so freaked out, is that Ethan must be going by Rom during the, like, while he's with the others as well. This isn't, like, told, like, we don't actually really know why this is, but when I was checking on the theories page for this, it was, like, probably when he moved to the others, he didn't want to be associated with the leader of the of the Dharma initiative who he was leaving behind is kind of what we thought. Okay. Okay. Also, so he just made up the last name Rom. So yeah. um there's like a secret headcanon in the fandom that's like he he probably made that up so that it did say other man cuz he would think that was funny. <laughs> oh my god, but he would though. Yeah. Every time that you say Rom, I just think CD Rom. I know, right? That's all I'm thinking. Um, another thing that's weird is that he goes, you can't, like, no one else can raise this kid. It's, the goodness of you must be with the kid or whatever. But Kate ends up raising him and nothing terrible happens. Yeah, the kid's fine. (laughs) Is the thing that happens that's terrible is that she goes nuts on the island, do you think? Yeah, probably. Maybe. Or, like, he sees, like, what the kid's future could be, but then the island changes it? I don't know. See, this is why I'm also confused because we learn in the episode, the other episode that Richard Malkin is in with Echo, that Richard Malkin's a fake. Yeah, he's full of it. He's not actually a a, a thing, so I'm, I'm not sure why he keeps, like, I, I'm on the Richard Malkin theories page right now, um, mm-hmm. and that's, like, just let me do a disclaimer that this is not canon. This is just yeah. users of Lostpedia guessing why this is happening. It says that he actually has the gift of foresight to some degree, like Eloise Hawking, and only saw glimpses that the baby is a cause for a lot of pain Claire will experience. His daughter Charlotte was near death, slash actually died when Jacob saved her in exchange for Claire getting on flight A-15 and dissuading Mr. Echo from investigating her death. Claire most likely raised Aaron with her mother and Kate following the events of the finale, just like he wanted. But there's also a theory that says he actually was a psychic and dissuaded Mr. Echo from pursuing the miracle investigation into his daughter's resurrection to ensure that Echo boarded the plane. Yeah, I think that one makes more sense. Thereby making sure Echo would be there to help raise and even possibly baptize the baby. Yeah, because, like, literally, what other motivation would he have for, like, everything he did to Claire if he wasn't actually psychic? Yeah, and there's, there's like, a whole, whole bunch of, of these really great theories that I recommend people go check out, but those were just the first two that I read. Mm-hmm. Okay. So there's that. Also, how did he know that Claire was pregnant and that exactly Thomas exactly. broke up with her? Like, how would he know? Unless, like, Claire's dad had something to do with all of this. But how would Christian know? Exactly. And why would Christian care? Yeah, true. I don't know. Charlie says he can kick drugs, but he kind of just, ha- he hasn't really. Yeah, he's, like, right in the middle of it. I have a question, though. Do you think that the fact that those pens were not working for her was the work of Jacob? Oh, oh my goodness. Yes. yes, now I do. See, my, my my thought about that, though, is that he knows that Claire won't be able to be a candidate because she's a mother already. And that was one of his, like, deal breakers. So, I don't know. Maybe it was just a coincidence. <laughs> but I feel like it was probably Jacob. I'm, I'm going to question Jacob's motivations probably for the rest of my life. <laughs> probably, yeah. Like, but- no bombs? All right. Even even if it was Jacob's work, and even though she's not a candidate, 
I'm sure she has. She still plays an important ro- role on the island. Yeah, that's so true. She had to be on that yeah, crash. Yeah, she, she had to be there regardless. Yeah, true. And then the last thing I have written is President Hurley. I, what what did you mean by that, Callie? I don't even remember. That President Hurley meaning that he was a great leader. Oh. And then after when right. Jacob kind of... He ends up being the new... The leader of the... Yeah. Right. Yeah. Leader of the island. He has his own, like, unique way of leading that is so different from everyone else that, like, I think the island needed that. Yeah. Yeah. The island couldn't take another Ben or another Jacob. No. Now he has his own built-in manifest. (laughs) Now he just knows. He just knows. Oh, my God. Okay. Is, Is... Does anybody have any other thoughts? I don't. Um, I thought, thinking about how, um... Can I say the name of the baby? We're here? in the spoiler section, man. Yeah, we're in okay, the spoiler section. Cool. Say anything. You um, I was thinking how Aaron can't be raised by another person, or can only be raised by Claire, or how you were saying raised by an other. Yeah, made me think of Alex. Mm. How she was. Oh yeah. Raised by. Right, another. and then at the end of this season, Rousseau like tr- kind of tries to steal Aaron to switch for Alex. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right. Okay. Well, Callie, thank you so much for being on this episode. You're welcome. Thanks, Callie. I loved having two Jeffreys around. <laughs> um, you can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey. That's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-E-F-F-R-A-Y pretty much everywhere. And you can follow me on Twitter at, at Britannia, which is B-R-I-T-T-A-N-I-A with an underscore at the end. And you can follow me at Callie and Jeffrey, C-A-L-L-I-E. You tried to say it as fast as I can spell her own <laughs> Shut up. Go. And you can follow me at Callie Ann Jeffrey. That's C A L L I E N Jeffrey, J E F F R E Y, pretty much everywhere. You can follow at the Eviction Autos on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, but we mostly just post on Twitter. 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 I really hate us sometimes. <clears throat> Our Patreon is patreon.com slash theaffictionados. If you can donate, we would love you, but we'll love you regardless anyway. Yeah. Okay, love you. Bye. Okay, love you. Bye. Love you. Bye. Okay, love you. Bye. Love you. Bye. Today, I swallowed a bug.